More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in. Final hour of the week. 14 hours up. About to be the 15th hour of the week complete. We appreciate all of you. Encourage you to go download the iHeartRadio app. Uh, You can listen to this show anywhere in the world, certainly anywhere around the country, and also all of the other fantastic iHeart programming. We would also like you to go subscribe to the Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show. Lots of podcast unique uh, originals. And also your ability to jump right in. If you miss an hour, you hear us talking about a guest and you think to yourself, oh, that would have been interesting. Uh, You can go check and see what the subjects we are discussing. You can look at it by hour. It's a cool setup. Go subscribe and you can join the podcast crew. I believe, like I said, over 15 million downloads every single month. That is a monster number. That's a credit to you guys. We want to be everywhere we can be, whether it's YouTube uh, whether it's uh, basically every platform out there that will have us, you can find us there. And so we appreciate you guys doing so. Buck, we were just going to break uh, talking about the, uh, I-, I think, profound mental health challenges that exist for young people, young girls in particular. Um, and I think the online culture has created a broken idea of, what is and what is not normal. And I thought about this. So is it next weekend, I believe, that Barbie comes out? Uh, Mattel, they're doing a movie based on Barbie. Um, And it is uh, starring Margot Robbie. And Margot Robbie has been in a lot of different movies over the last decade plus. But she became famous, I would say, Buck, the first time for what I thought was a really funny movie, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, The Wolf of Wall Street. She was the wife of the Leonardo DiCaprio character, and uh, that was when she really kind of, I would say, exploded on the national scene. Fair uh, to say, did you know her before that? Uh, that was that was a breakthrough role for her. I, I have to say, I find the, the Wolf of Wall Street, I know it's incredibly popular. Um, I, I don't know why everyone sort of celebrates that guy who was, you know, ripping off middle class America by putting them into terrible stuff. I just think it's funny. 
No, no, I no. I, I, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not responding to you. It's. I've seen the movie multiple times. It's very entertaining. But I do think something gets lost in the messaging. Like what well, that guy did. He was stealing from people. Yeah. He was stealing. Right. And people. Some in some cases who had, you know, not the money to lose. Um. And uh, and now he's got a whole sort of second act as a like public speaker and everything else. Uh. And also that movie was funded with. This is really amazing. Yeah. That movie was funded by. Uh, the one MDB scamster, Joe Lowe, who is a Malaysian guy who, it's a long story, is a brilliant book, The Billion Dollar Whale, which you can read about all this. But effectively, he scammed some sovereign wealth funds and used some of that movie, of some of that money, rather, to fund that movie. So it's a movie Correct. about a scamster with money taken from a scam. Yeah. There is an incredible irony, and, and I believe Leonardo DiCaprio and others had to testify at his trial, this Malaysian businessman yep. who was, and, and I think there was some political connections as well, right? Didn't he donate money to Democrat causes? Uh, yeah, he's very, and he's very, well, he's very connected in, in China. So he's still, I, I have to check and see what his status is right now. He was at large um, last time I, I checked, but yeah, he ripped off a bunch of sovereign wealth funds and spent, he threw what was considered the most expensive birthday party in the history of las vegas at the time um and you can imagine that was pretty yes. expensive so there's been this big discussion surrounding it i think it ties in with what we were just uh finishing the last hour contemplating here why are so many people profoundly un unhappy particularly young people and there is if you go look at suicidal ideation there is almost a direct connection between the rise of social media and mental health challenges that have assaulted young people in America. So to me, and I don't know if you agree, and I think about this a lot as a dad, I think that kids getting phones and having access to social media, young kids in particular, although I think it has had a profound impact on much of United States culture, but certainly the younger you are, I think the more impactful it has been. Kids getting phones has made them profoundly uh, sad as a group. And the younger a kid gets a phone, the more they are afflicted, I would say, with sadness. And I know there are a lot of parents out there who are trying to go uh, travel, and you pass the iPad to your kid to try to distract them, and you put on a YouTube uh, kid show. I bet every single parent listening to us right now has done that at some point in time with a young child. And I did it. I, I, I got asked. I did the uh, fatherhood podcast, Buck, uh, for Father's Day. It was a really interesting discussion. And they said, hey, if you could change one thing about being a dad, in your experience as being a dad, my boys are 15, 12, and 8, what would you change? And I said, I would give them access to a lot less screens. Every parent is imperfect. Every mom and dad out there is doing the best that we can. And we all go back and we look and we say, okay, I wish I could have done better there. All these things, right? To me, just giving kids screens and giving them perpetual access to them has made them profoundly unhappy at young ages when there isn't a real uh, reason for them to be profoundly unhappy. You know, one thing and you don't oh, have yeah. kids yet, but like the tech, big tech people are often some of the most restrictive about letting their kids have access to platform, you know, the, the screens, which should tell you everything that you oh, yeah. that you need to know about. This. It's meant to be addictive. I mean, you think about the history of capitalism. 
let's say the last, uh, well, last 100, 150 years, addictive products are a great way to get very, very rich, um, whether it's uh, caffeine or, um, well, opium in the case of the opium wars. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you could look at where people, if you, if you have a, a product, you know, obviously all the illegal drugs that are sold, people would argue pharmaceuticals that were sold legally that shouldn't have been sold. Um, and these screens and, and the social media apps that they're, uh, that we operate on them are meant to be. They are engineered to take up as much of your time and focus as they possibly can. And when you're an adult, I think you have a fighting chance to say, look, I'm going to spend, you know, you and I are active on Twitter, for example. We'll spend a little time on Twitter, but you don't sit there for four hours looking at Twitter. Young kids will sit there for four hours, and I know now it's become a big thing, too, to watch other kids play video games online or watch other people, adults, play video games. Wildly popular, Buck. Same thing with watching other kids play with toys, which I never would have believed is popular. Young kids now watch other kids open packages just to see what the toys are inside. Yeah, so uh, that's there's some deeper psychological components to this. I think uh, people should be very aware of, um, and we're the first generations now to have ever had this before. I mean, I still remember in um, remember the movie, not The Wolf of Wall Street, but Wall Street, the Oliver Stone classic with uh, Charlie Sheen and Michael Douglas. Maybe Michael Douglas's greatest role as Gordon Gecko, but he talks about Rudy, his son. It's a very brief line, but he's like, "Look at this." I got him, and it's a TV that has like a little black and white screen that's three by three, but it's portable. Yeah. And that, you know, in the mid eighties or whatever, to have a TV that you could carry around in your pocket was just, I mean, look at what we're dealing with now. You're walking around, I mean, you have more computing power than the people that were working at NASA sending, uh, sending spaceships, uh, sp- you know, rockets into outer space. So things have changed a lot. Um, and, and on the social media side, we look at the, what this does to young girls, I think it's particularly damaging. I also think that young men should be aware. This is why the uh, Liver King situation, well, I mean, that was particularly ridiculous because that guy obviously was taking steroids. The amount of of influencer individuals who are you know actors included in this, not just sort of fitness guys who are on steroids would blow people's minds. And there are now podcasts. I mean, there's uh, there's m- more plates, more dates. Have you are you familiar with this guy? No, I don't. He know does. This. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he's got a big following. You know, it's really interesting. And he looks at these people who are, hey, like do this, and you'll be as strong as me. And he can look at them, and be like, that guy is. They call it running a cycle. That guy's on steroids. Everybody. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to do steroids, if you want to take anabolic steroids, like you know, Trembolone, and you know, then you can look like him. But if you're not doing that, your chance of looking like him is zero. It's not right. about eating bull testicles like Liver King said or anything else. But this is just all goes to male, female. There are it's illusions. People are being lied to all the time on these platforms about what they're seeing. And if they don't know it and there's not enough of a of an understanding in the public about it, I think it can have really negative perception. Oh, but it's, by the way, it's true of wealth, too. You go yeah. online. Everybody's driving a Maserati. Everybody's in front of their $10 million beach house or their $30 million, you know, Aspen ski retreat or whatever. That's actually not reality. Most people are trying to just pay the bills and afford groceries and pay their rent on time. Yeah. And the reason why I brought up Margot Robbie to start, I want to circle back around to it is there's this argument now online as this new Barbie movie prepares to come out about whether Margot Robbie is attractive or not, or whether she is what they call mid, which means basically average. 
And well, the, you, you saw the tweet, right? There's one tweet that set off this whole. It, there was a tweet that said that she's a seven, as in yeah. a seven out of ten, and this went completely ultra viral. Started a huge. If it was a troll, it was a world class troll because millions, tens of millions of uh, comments and things on this, or you know, cl- yes. uh, clicks on this. And so, what the, to your point? We used to have. Remember, Robin uh, was it Robin Leach? Lifestyles of the rich and famous back in the day. And it was on television, and he would, he had this fabulous accent, and he would go show yachts, and he would go show houses and everything else. But it was a level of remove. It ties in with what I was saying in the last hour. Now everybody is trying to sell the idea that they live a lifestyle of the rich and the famous, and they give an artificial version of themselves. But I'm, I'm saying it's even tied in with people like Margot Robbie, who are, by objective measures, gorgeous, Making money off not only being a talented actress, but off being incredibly good looking, which often goes hand in hand in Hollywood, right? There aren't a lot of super ugly people who become very wealthy as actors or actresses. But if the standard is being set of, oh, this person is not that good looking, the judgment on it is, I think, through the roof. So if you're an average person, if you're an average 14-year-old girl and you've got braces, or 14-year-old boy for that matter, and you've got braces and you've got acne and you're looking at this artificial lifestyle that is being propagated on TikTok and being propagated on Instagram all the time and it involves not just super famous people you would never have access to, but the prettiest girl or the most athletic guy in your life, it can feel like you could never ascend to that level and make you profoundly unhappy. And I think that's what's going on every day, Buck. I think that's why there's a great uh, glut of the younger you are, the less happy you are. And we're setting all-time records for these people being unhappy. And then it also adds in, I, I don't even understand this, Buck. You, you'll learn this as you get older. Teenagers don't interact as much as they used to. Everybody used to want to get their driver's license. And then everybody wanted to go hang out at the mall or go hang out and watch a movie or go get whatever, you know, fast food together and park in a parking lot. Now they all interact on social media. So a lot of them stay inside their house. There's less of a a friendship bubble, I would say, that surrounds you. And instead, you're all kind of isolated on your phones all day. And I see this happen with my own kids. I try to get them outside. I'm happy when they're outside. I love the fact they play so many sports and they have so many extracurricular activities. But I bet every parent and a lot of grandparents right now are listening to us kind of nodding. It's a totally different world totally different world and it's changed instantaneously in a way that i don't think we've understood yet i remember i remember in new york city as as an eighth grader we would uh, with my friends we would have to do a telephone chain oh yeah because the way we would get together to play usually it was basketball sometimes it would be baseball in the park was we'd have to get you know i'd call so and so and then he'd call so and so we'd get 10 of us together in the park and we would run games and like now, I mean, it's just think about that. And, and you have to call and say, hi, Mrs. So-and-so. Can I speak to, you know, Bobby? And then, you know, was, there yeah, was all this right. different interaction that that required also with the parents. And then and now everyone just sits around. They can have a, have a group chat and, uh, you know, play video games together online all day. Yeah, it's a totally different world. And, and, and I think it is in the same way. Remember when The Insider came out? Was it The Insider? And it was like the story of Big Tobacco and what they knew. Yeah, Russell Crowe. I think in 15 or 20 years, there's going to be movies that are made about the power and influence negative way of big tech. Everybody Absolutely. likes to think we're too smart to have made mistakes like, oh, those guys were idiots when they were smoking cigarettes, you know, three packs a day. Didn't they know that they were doing something profoundly unhealthy? 
we're doing that today with big tech. And I think 20 years from now, all these stories will come out and we'll find out, oh, you know, when I was on my phone all day, it was having an incredibly deleterious impact on my health. But we all got sucked in and addicted just like they did to big tobacco. One of my friends saw Russell Crowe recently at a hotel in, uh, I think it was Sicily. And uh, Russell Crowe's living his best life, my friend. You want to talk about, <laughs> you want to talk about body positivity. Maximus, Maximus likes cheeseburgers. I can tell you that much. Well, he's earned it because that's a fabulous movie. I'm curious yeah. if they'll try to bring him back for Gladiator 2 at all. My Pillow celebrating 20 years in business this month. No surprise, they're using the anniversary to recognize you, the customer, by giving you a variety of great values, opportunity to choose from. When you use our promo code Clay and Buck, you get a queen size My Pillow for less than 20 bucks, just 1998. King size, king size pillow, just 10 bucks more. And there's all deep discounts on everything, whether bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, towels, my slippers, so much more. Why not try it out today? 20 year anniversary. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square, get the amazing offer on the queen size my pillow for 1998. And you can call them and use the promo code on the phone, 800-792-3269. Offer comes with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com. Call 800-792-3269. Use that promo code Clay and Buck. 20th anniversary offers again. MyPillow.com. Use the code Clay and Buck. The supply chain of smarts, sanity, and truth. Uninterrupted. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? 
Doesn't look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So there is a, a summit that is going on. Leadership Summit, Blaze Media putting it out in Iowa, I believe. And Tucker has sat down with a number of different uh, presidential candidates as part of this forum. He sat down with Mike Pence, who is a presidential candidate and close friend of Clay Travis's. And here, <laughs> here is uh, how it went with Tucker and Pence. Play the first clip. You are distressed that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet... Your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. A little uh, getting a little testy on stage there. Um, I I I would like to see. Well, we'll play more of this, Clay. But the the issue of Ukraine, I think, for a lot of uh, the Republican contenders, is one where we need to hear real answers and get some clarity. And Mike, uh, I I think I know what Mike Pence was trying to say there, but it did not come out the way that he wanted it to. Mike Pence is not having a good presidential campaign. I think it's fair to say. And the more he gets questioned, the worse that presidential campaign is going. Uh, Whether it's on here or whether it's with Tucker, um, I think he is the quintessential establishment candidate. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's super nice. I'd be fine if Mike Pence was my father-in-law. I don't want him to be president of the United States. Big props to Pure Talk, the only cell phone service company mentioned by us. They did a great thing for their existing customers, many in this audience. Pure Talk just added data to every plan, and they're including a mobile hotspot with each one. No price increase whatsoever. Switch to Pure Talk. You can get the same $20 a month price for unlimited talk, text, and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. Yep. Just 20 bucks a month. This is an example of why we love Pure Talk. Veteran-owned company with an excellent customer service team, all based in the U.S., will help you make the switch to Pure Talk very easy. Most families saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Dow pound 250, say Clay and Buck, to make the switch to Pure Talk today. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Dow pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Uh, Let's hit some of these calls. Uh, We said we would take some as we rolled through the the Friday edition of the program, as we generally do. Um, Justin in uh, Frankfort, Kentucky. What you got for us, Justin? Hey, Clay, you're talking about that book being in every library and Made me think of uh, the book fair. Sonia Sotomayor, by the way. Sorry to cut you off, but for people out there who don't know what we talked about, Sonia Sotomayor, there's a big focus on Supreme Court uh, bias, basically. You know, the right-wing justices are untrustworthy because they have relationships with all these people. Sonia Sotomayor wrote a children's book, 
and has made just shy of $4 million off the children's book. And so we were talking about the fact that every library in America, I bet, bought this book, and she's trading on her status as a Supreme Court justice to supplement. I mean, this is not the greatest women, uh, the children's book author of all time, right, Buck? I mean, we're not, this, this is something where she just decided, hey, I need to make money. And so she wrote a children's book and she has been able to use her platform as Supreme Court justice to get this thing bought everywhere. And so you're calling in to talk about, uh, Justin, we appreciate the call, the, the, the children's library situation in general. Yeah, I went to the book fair at my kids' elementary school and the Kaepernick book. It was the same plan. The Kaepernick book was everywhere at the book fair. It was heavily prominent in the front of the book fair. And that's how, that's the game. That's the gimmick. That's yeah. How they get them in schools. I don't think there's any doubt. They want to put, I remember Colin Kaepernick got paid way more money to talk about how America is awful than he ever would have as a quarterback in the NFL, including Buck, a Netflix special where he compared the NFL draft to a slave auction. It is one of the most outrageous things that I've ever seen, Buck. They had NFL players, for those of you out there who who have not seen this, they had NFL players walking around at the Combine. For everybody who knows uh, about sports, the Combine is where you show up if you hope to be an NFL player after you finish college. They get your height, your weight, your speed, how strong you are. They want to have measurables before they invest tens of millions of dollars in you. And these combine concepts are similar for basically every sport. On that Netflix special buck, they turned players of all races, but they turned the black players walking around at the combine into slaves walking on uh, slave auctions and as if it were one and the same. And Netflix paid him tens of millions of dollars for that. Now, I don't know about you, Buck, but I'm not familiar with very many slave auctions where uh, the people who who were fortunate enough to sell their labor got paid tens of millions of dollars uh, as a... I don't remember slaves going pro, right? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a poor reader of history. But that's what Colin Kaepernick tried to analogize. And, I mean, it's toxic. And, uh, frankly, the overall marketplace does not respond to it. But this woke universe does. Disney paid him tons of money. They're doing a documentary on him. Uh, and this is part of why I think Disney is collapsing. Bobby in Greensboro, North Carolina. Bobby, how you doing? Great. Um, so Trump, when he came on the scene, was going to drain the swamp. And I found that very refreshing, along with other things he did. But the swamp drowned Trump. It consumed him. I, and you can ask all the lofty questions you want of all these candidates, but until one of them can say how they're going to fix the swamp, it doesn't matter what they say they're going to do. They can't. This thing, this machine consumes people. So I want to hear from a candidate how you're going to fix the swamp itself. And I'm serious about this. That's the problem. You can get both houses of Congress, and nothing will still get done until you can figure out how to battle this machine. That's all I had. I'm sorry. I understand why he's fired up, Buck. I mean, that's arguably what DeSantis has tried to put out there, right, is that he has a policy in place he thinks it'll take eight years. Um, And he's been the one that I've seen it most aggressively. Certainly Trump has continued to say that he will do it. Those are the two that I hear the most explain actual tangible things they would do. I I would just say there is... There is something here. I've used the term cognitive dissonance before uh, during today's show. But once again, 
there are people out there that I will come across who will express an extreme uh, desire for swamp draining. And then in the next breath, they'll be like, yeah, and, you know, I, I had to vote for Mitch McConnell to be my senator again, but, you know, I, we got to drain that swamp. Or they say, you know, you know, I really want the swamp to be drained, but, you know, I really, Lindsey Graham really convinced me that he's a different kind of Republican this time around. He's only been in office for, you know, how many decades now? Uh, swamp are our own fault, our own business. And I think that there needs to be an understanding of that, too. You know, this is when people talk about, they'll talk about the Uniparty, they'll talk about, um, the fact that it feels like Republicans roll over at the first opportunity for Democrats. Some Republicans do, not all Republicans. But that's on us to fix, right? Uh, the notion that, you know, I, what I'm saying is that can't be fixed by a president. Mitch McConnell keeps getting voted in. Mitch McConnell is going to be the most powerful member of the United States Senate, most likely, as a Republican. That's what's going to happen. Uh, and, you know, you don't want, you don't want the forever war. Okay. Every time I see Lindsey Graham on TV, he's pushing for some version of forever war. Every single time. He's on Fox News every five minutes, it seems like. Every, every single time he's pushing for forever war and people in South Carolina will be like, Oh gosh. And like, well, who's voting for him, guys? You know, just a little real talk here. Someone's voting for it. Republicans are voting for these people. And then they're telling us they want to drain the swamp, right? It's this a little, this a little bit of this comes from uh, a, a look in the mirror on our side about who's getting it done and who's not. Well, this is also why to me. The idea that you would spend your entire life in government it should never happen. I mean, Joe Biden should not happen. The guy has never done anything in the real world other than make money off United States taxpayers. He's been there 50-some-odd years. How much do you think change anybody who's been somewhere for over 50 years actually has interest in doing? Well, another yeah, absolutely. And, and something that I think about is, okay, what is what does a drain swamp look like? Right? What does a drain yeah. swamp really look like? And and I, I want everyone to think I don't think that there's a quick answer to that. What does that really mean? Um I know we've been pointing out here because I think it's just important to be honest about these things always. You know, for all the theatrics about the FBI, would anyone want to place a gentleman's bet with me that nothing is about to change at the FBI? And it's very likely that even if you had a Republican in charge in 2024, nothing would change about the FBI then. So what do we do? How do we actually fix these things? And I, you mentioned, you know, so Ron DeSantis says he has a plan. With Trump, I think it's people just want him to be making, they just want him in the captain's chair, right? It's not about, you know, he is, um, he is Lord Nelson of the British Admiralty, whose whole thing was just go right at them, right? Like just go at the enemy and figure out the rest later. Uh, okay. I mean, that's, that's a strategy. So I, I think that we're, while we're talking a lot about a sense of, of whether it's outsider candidates or, or drain the swamp or these things, these are concepts, but the implementation matters or else you never actually get the result you want. And I think we have to figure out the implementation still. Personally, I wish we had more of a business led government because I, I just I really do believe, Buck, you can't do it because of all the challenges with civil service and unions and everything else. Half of every federal employee should be gone. The, 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 the government cannot continue to grow at the rate that it does. You could swipe away half of the federal government employees 
and there would be no difference in the efficiency of the United States federal government. Yeah, the the, the I, federal I really government is a jobs program for for uh, for you know Democrats, basically. Yeah, that's in, in large part that's the truth. And I do believe we talked about this earlier this week. Moving more of the uh, federal government outside of Washington D.C. For instance, the FBI being located, we talked about it in Huntsville, yeah. Alabama, as uh, Jim J- Jordan talked about. I think that would be a tremendous difference maker. Well, I, I think just relocating a lot of it would make it. That's one solution. This is what I mean, though. You know, this is yeah. We've got this. We all want the swamp to be drained. We all know that the swamp uh, has attacked Trump, and and that the deep state has acted in in weaponized fashion and all this. But recognition is step one. Step two is doing something so that that won't happen anymore. And things can change. Uh, this is not a. I'm not uh, a, a a what's the word. Um, throwing my hands up on this. I'm not fatalistic about it. I'm just saying I do think it's worth focusing in while we're having this conversation on the right about what it's supposed to look like in the future. You know, if someone tells me, oh, Buck, you know, it's so hard. You can't fix crime in New York City. I know it's out of control. You can't. That's a lie because I've seen it. I live there. You can fix it. So I think we can fix the swamp. I think you can fix these things, but it has to go beyond the slogan of we're going to defeat the Uniparty. Okay, how? With what? What are we going to do? And then we have to hold people accountable. So people are telling me they want to stop the Uniparty, and then they're like, yeah, but I just had to vote for Lindsey Graham for the fourth time or whatever. I sit there, I go, what are we doing here, folks? You know, well, what's not just to pick on Lindsey Graham. I mean, you know, again, he's sure he's a nice guy, but his stuff on Ukraine, I think, and really every foreign U.S. military venture is uh, problematic from my perspective. So, um, yeah, let's hear from some of you on this. 800-282-2882. Dutch Mendenhall, my friends, he is the co-founder and CEO of Rad Diversified and one of this program's sponsors. Dutch is also an author now, too. His new book is titled Money Shackles, and he pulls no punches on how many of us are just shackled with debt. What are these money shackles? Well, they represent the financial hamstrings that Americans have fought with, with like school debt, car debt, credit card debt. In his book, he'll give you his strategies to use debt to your advantage and tap into lucrative alternative investment vehicles to redefine your American dream. He'll share how he built a multi-million dollar real estate empire in only three years. Dutch is on a mission to be at the forefront of the greatest financial change in American history and look beyond Wall Street and see the future of alternative investments. The old American dream is dying fast. Get ready for the redefined American dream with money shackles. Learn more at therad.com. That's T-H-E. R-A-D, therad.com. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck and get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media. Spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? It look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are going to be closing up shop here on Clay and Buck, sending you off hopefully for a, an excellent weekend wherever you are across the country. Please subscribe to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show podcast. There's additional content in there that you won't get anywhere else. I talked to uh, Haya Reichick of Libs of TikTok. That was really interesting, and uh, you'll only get that on our podcast, plus the uh, Sunday Hang, which we had a lot of Sunday. Usually that's we're talking about movies or we get hungry and start talking about food. I think we missed that yesterday was international or national, I guess national, French Friday, which I will say of my food weaknesses, I think chocolate is number one, French fries are number two. If French fries are out in front of me, I will eat them. It doesn't matter if I just finished a four-mile run and I'm trying to be healthy. <laughs> French fries are amazing. They are, they are the, the most, I would argue, Clay, the most addictive, um, savory food is French fries. Oh, that's such a fun debate. I uh, I love French fries. I would say the thing that I cannot stop eating is potato chips, probably. Um, I mean, like, I don't know anybody on Earth who's ever said I'll have only one Dorito. Um, so I, I would say potato chips, but French fries are up there. we got a bunch of people who want to weigh in. What's the best French fries, by the way? Are you able to eat with your uh, gluten stuff, French fries from typical fast food restaurants? Uh, it depends. McDonald's has gluten in their French fries, which is just horrifying. And why I hate McDonald's because they put some kind of a uh, a wheat based something in their in their oil uh, in the uh, in the fry batter. I don't know. They they do something. Usually, I can eat them. I can eat In and Out French fries, which I will say are not that good. Um, which is a shame because the In and Out burger I think is amazing. I probably go Shake Shack on the fries over In and Out. Usually, I can eat. I them. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I had Shake Shack yesterday. They were great. Uh, McDonald's fries I love. Wendy's fries. I, there's not anybody I don't like. I'm not a big fan of the curly fry, so sorry for all the Arby's fans out there. But, uh, but One I'm, thing I'm, with the restaurant, it always has to be hand. they got to do the hand-cut fries. A lot of places bring the stuff in from the outside, and it's just not the same. I'm just, It's not that hard to hand-cut the fries. I'm just saying. 
We've been talking about, uh, by the way, potential uh, ways to uh, to find establishment, anti-establishment candidates. We had one of them on who may end up jumping in the race in Glenn Youngkin earlier this week. And Julianne down in Houston, we appreciate all of you listening in Houston. We're number one in that market. We love all of you. You've got uh, a personal experience with uh, with Glenn Youngkin you wanted to share. Hi, hi Clay. Hi Beck. Good to good to talk to you guys. Yes, um, I um, I used to feed him when he was a basketball star at Rice, and he used to come to my house for dinner as uh, when he was on the scholarship. He worked at a restaurant that my husband ran, uh, my husband at the time ran, and um, anyway, he was he's a he was a great kid, um, a lot of fun, and um, just a really really nice person. Super, super nice person. So you want him to run for president of the United States based on your experience back when he was a basketball player at Rice? You've known him for a long time. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Trump fan, and I, I think the ticket of the two of them, him for vice president, yes, and then, you know, in four more years, if he runs for president, he's got my vote, of course. Yep. This is why the, the Trump VP pick. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Julianne. You were still going. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I just think he'd be a great VP, and then you know, and then then we've got eight years of of him. It'd be great. He's a great. He was a great kid. Uh, great morals. Great personality. Good person. Warm. Just all around. I'm. You know, uh, Glenn, if you're listening, uh, you know, we'd like to get we'd, we'd like to get with you. Hadn't seen you in a long time, but um, we just had a lot of fun. Or we took our little girl to the basketball games and. She had a little rice cheerleader outfit, and we had a lot of we had a lot of fun as young ones. We were all young men, and it was a lot of fun. Julianne, Thank thanks call. so much. Look, I, I think um, I think Glenn Youngkin is very impressive. Uh, I think I think anybody who's objectively looking at what he did in Virginia, um, and also just his uh, his career path, it's it's impressive stuff. Uh, would he be a, a, whoever the Trump VP is is in a very unique position because let's say uh, let's say Trump wins the whole thing. And that VP is going to be in that VP role for about two years. And then it's time to start thinking about their run for president. That's right. Very short. You know, a lot of times you run. If you're Joe Biden running for the VP in 2008, you're looking at eight years being VP. And, you know, I know he ended up being president, which was crazy, but very different now. Very different. So, Um, Buck, I was just going to hit this. You're speaking of Biden. CNN has a big article up. Second paragraph. Get ready, top Democrats are being urged. Uh, despite what he has said, despite the campaign that's been announced, CNN, second paragraph, article up on the website right now, says President Joe Biden won't actually be running for re-election. Just saying, if CNN, that's the second paragraph of their lead story right now uh, on their politics website, CNN's putting this out there. This would explain a lot of what, what uh, my boy Gavin Newsom's doing. He's been running for president shadow campaign, knowing that at some point Joe Biden may officially announce that he's not going to run for re-election. We'll see. That you, you talked earlier in the show, Buck, about how much things can get shaken up. That would be a monumental shakeup, the likes of which we have not seen in generations. He, uh, the most confident prediction I can make here, setting everybody off into the weekend about politics and America right now, is that when we sit down to do this show in January of 2024 and we play some of our clips from today, we'll be like, yep, we had no idea what the heck was going to happen with that. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 